it's time for a bonus episode of Bungalower in the Bus, y'all! Young filmmaker Brendan Hall has a documentary called Out There, a National Park Story, screening at this year's Florida Film Festival, and I had a chance to have a quick phone chat with him about his work, his jet-setting ways, and an upcoming trip around the actual moon ahead of the screening. Give this bonus episode of Bungalower and the Bus a listen, y'all, and get ready to hear about woolly mammoths, temporary Burning Man architecture, and sunsets in Montana. Hello. Hi, is this Brendan? Yeah, is this fellow Brendan? It is. (laughs) (laughs) A meeting of the Brendan. I'm good, man. I know. Brendan Squared. Uh, it's good to talk to you. <laughs> I hear you're out on the road. I am, yeah. I'm actually in Montana. So I'm talking to you uh, as the sun is rising over Flathead Lake out here, and it's beautiful. Oh, wow. It sounds romantic. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We're on a date already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love Brendan. So, Brendan, you're a filmmaker. You went to school in New York. You do all of these things. Are you spending most of your time now in the wilderness, just like you were hoping in the uh, on your website? It looks like this is something you've been manifesting for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I wish I could spend more of my time in the wilderness, but I definitely get out here as much as I can. And I'm very lucky right now that a lot of my projects have become more and more nature based kind of travel adventure based and so yeah you know more than ever I'm getting to work on stuff that I really love and anytime it can bring me to a, a beautiful place outdoors I'm, I'm very happy so <laughs> your your reel is full of like helicopters and and glaciers and volcanic eruptions it's like Walter Mitty and then there's like Maggie Rogers shows up uh it, it's a smorgasbord of like I feel like you've been reading my journal of all my favorite things <laughs> that's awesome yeah I mean you know every kind of moment in that reel was really transformative for me you know so to get to play it back and then if someone like you resonates with it I mean means the world to me yeah you're so nice this is what happens when you spend all this time outside <laughs> <laughs> you're nice too I don't know if it's the outdoors or how you spend your time but uh, you're you're a real joy oh thanks I'm Canadian yeah. so I, I grew up in the in the wilderness you know That'll do it. You Canadians kind of get a head start on the whole kindness thing, but it still takes uh, some wilderness to. I think it's a Nordic thing. Although you just spent (laughs) a time in Rwanda, right? What was that about? Yeah, I mean, so I was there uh, last summer. I went to kind of a UN conference, a telecommunications conference um, called Generation Connect. And so it's connecting kind of young leaders across the world in all different fields, you know, tech and environment. Um, and people studying things like climate change and gender equality and kind of seeing how digitally we can bridge the divide of some of those issues. So whether it's uh, gender equality, access to technology, um, it was fascinating. I was the only like full-time filmmaker there, I'm pretty sure. And I was invited just because I met one of the organizers at a dinner randomly. And she was like, hey, why don't you come to Rwanda to this conference? And I was like, you're not actually going to invite me. And then sure enough, a month later, I got an invitation. So I just went on a whim. It, it was really, really cool. Isn't it weird how many places you can go to if you just say yes? 
It's true, you know, and a lot of my favorite projects came from um, either just pure luck and serendipity or applying to something online or uh, just sending like a cold Facebook message or email saying, hey, I really want to work with you or I have this idea. So, yeah, just just putting yourself out there, I mean, um, will go so much further, you know, you could ever expect. So, Brandon, does that include uh, going to Russia? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean um, – there's, I've been to Russia twice, you know, once what? in Siberia with some scientists who were kind of unearthing woolly mammoth bones <laughs> and studying how they could genetically revive the woolly mammoth someday. Can I tell uh, you, I'm, I'm a big fan of of uh, Pleistocene Park. We were at Pleistocene Park. Oh, I, yeah, I saw that you've been there. I've never, obviously, I've never been. I've read about it. It's amazing. Can you talk a little bit about... <laughs> about it because it's like it's remote do you really think this is going to happen yeah i mean it's really tough to say so this could be a much longer conversation but the gist is i will say they are fully committed to making it happen these russian scientists out there these guys with like you know big beards and they're kind of (laughs) rushed up by the land and they're the exact kind of uh, wild but brilliant people you'd expect to try to do something like this and even to get out there we kind of took a barge down a river for some days we were on these kind of um, rinky dink speedboats, probably from like the 50s these little like uh, small skiffs that we were taking along these rivers but um, ethically you know it's, it's really complicated because essentially uh, you have to create an elephant embryo that has woolly mammoth-like genetics, and then elephants have this, I think it's an Asian elephant, have this a two-year gestation period, and they're just really emotionally attached creatures. So to put this, like, potentially, you know, genetically... Yeah, like a uh, chimera uh, elephant baby. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the ethics of it are, are really difficult to figure out. So just from that standpoint, will we ever see it? I'm not sure. But man, it was, it was a really cool shoot. Um, it was for this feature-length documentary called We Are As Gods about this awesome guy named Stuart Brand, who's been kind of like a cultural change maker for some decades. So, And was that something that you were leading or you were invited to be a part of the film crew? Invited to be a part of. Uh, I was with two filmmakers, David Alvarado and Jason Sussberg, who I originally just cold Facebook messaged them because they were making a documentary on Bill Nye, the science guy. And I was like 23 and... <laughs> I was like, man, that'd be my dream to work on that. And after bugging them for months over email, they kind of gave me a shot to help them film something. And then that turned into me going to Greenland with them and Bill Nye, the science guy, and then eventually Siberia for their other docs. So I I was just really grateful. Wow. I love it. I have one more thing to ask you about, then we can get to your movie, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. Well, you you work, did you do a piece on David Best, the the architect? He, He specializes in impermanent sculptures. I did. Yeah, that's that's really uh, really great research. Yeah, I worked with uh, Bloomberg Philanthropies and directed a short piece on him kind of coming to Coral Springs and doing one of his temples. It was a man, it was a powerful experience. So he I came, I came across his work when I was doing a deep dive into uh, Burning Man culture. I I always wanted to go to Burning Man. It's on my bucket list and and his his pieces are so elaborate and beautiful. I didn't even know that he had been in, in Coral Gables. Yeah. I'm super jealous. A a stunning experience. I don't think he had ever done anything quite like it because he was working with a community of some hundreds of people, you know, thousands of people. Um, 
yeah, it was just really powerful. And I actually did my first burn last year. So it was very cool to see, have been, you know, David's kind of burn himself and see that process if he was used earlier and then be at the burn. Um, but you should go to Burning Man this year. You know, the general ticket sale opens up right as this interview ends. Like I, <laughs> I definitely got an alert <laughs> on my calendar that I need to go look. So I, it might just happen, man. I think this is a sign for you to go this year. I do too, especially since you said burn. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Um, so Brendan, we're talking not just because I'm nerding out about all of your projects, but you have a, a, a documentary, I guess it's your first feature length documentary that's going to be featured in the Florida Film Festival this year. Yeah, it's called Out There, A National Park Story. And it's a, it's a really personal film and kind of a journey through the parks I took over the course of like six years uh, from when we first filmed it. So it's been a really long process. Is it something that, so I watched it and I loved it. Uh, and it's, it's like a, you encountering the park system, but then also really encountering the people uh, who are there, the people that come across your path on that journey. Uh, great job. Were you tempted to do a follow-up? I know now you've, you say in the end that you've, you've become kind of addicted now to going to all of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. It was, um, just such a, a pleasure, you know, to make the film with, with my friend Anthony, who I grew up with, Anthony Blake. And, um, yeah, I still go to parks all the time. I mean, I'm calling you right now from Flathead Lake, which is right near Glacier National Park, uh-huh. where I was filming part of another project out here. And I, uh, I'm a little less addicted in the sense of trying to, like, kick off parks and film as much as I can. But what's been really cool is since finishing the film, I'm just now starting to go to national parks and wilderness places where I don't have a pressure to film and capture it in quite the same way as I used to. And so it's kind of like a re reengagement with the parks, just, just out of the love for being in them, you know, which filming and capturing stuff has always been my way of connecting places. And even this morning I was at like sunrise shooting photos, but, uh, it just feels really nice, you know, to have the film finished and to get to share like the love of the parks with people. It's just like these these places that everyone really loves and has their own story in and their own childhood stories, some people. So uh, I'm just enjoying kind of this new journey of, of connecting with people in these places again. Do you think that's a common thing with filmmakers is, is maybe rediscovering love of things without the lens in between them? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, but you know, it's like the greatest joy and privilege to even get to make films about something like national parks and uh, I, I worked really hard to do it. So did my friend Anthony. You know, the film was really largely self-financed. Um, all of our time was just sweat equity, you know, just putting effort, taking time between our jobs. Uh, I edited the entire film myself as well, which um, especially filmmakers know for a feature doc is like a monster of a task, especially a film that I had uh, voiced over in. <laughs> in kind of so it was like one of the greatest challenges of my life but uh yeah I, I think as filmmakers to get to just re-engage with something without that pressure or that like overthinking is is really special the uh the large format photographer that you uh that you meet i can't remember his name right now um yeah what a that whole segment you were clearly inspired by his work because it was almost like you're filming 
like your your cinematography became more artistic <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense i don't know if that's just me connoting something that wasn't there but but it looked like you were really taking in uh his art form in in the way you were shooting him and, and him in the park yeah no thank you I, I i totally agree and i think um with each of the four kind of characters uh, or subjects we have in the film we really just wanted to try to take their, their ethos, you know, and represent them the way they, they felt to us. And with Tuan, he has all these beautiful photographic frames uh, and archival footage and archives. And so uh, I pushed it really, really hard to try to create an embodiment, you know, of what it felt like to spend time with him and what his work felt like. So. For example, not to give too much away, but the final sequence, he's standing kind of in Yosemite at sunset, and I filmed it all just completely static frames because I wanted it all to feel like like photographs, you know, like he would take. And so, Mission um, accomplished. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Like breathtaking. I was watching it. <laughs> I thought I would just watch a little bit at the end of the day, and I watched the whole thing before bed, and it was just, it was lovely, especially, that was my favorite part, uh, oh, and then revisiting you. with him, too. It was just lovely. The uh, Brendan, the uh, <clears throat> before we go, I know you're crunched for time because you're traveling. Uh, there's a big thing. You're doing a really big thing. You're go. You're going around the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is that is the big thing. Yep. That's insane. Uh, How are you nervous? Are you a good flyer? Uh, I'm a good flyer. You know, I, I've taken just about every mode of transportation at this point, except for a spaceship. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm just like, man, it's been such a journey already in life experience. And, and our mission, you know, the official date set was 2023. But if you ask a lot of people, it could happen in a few years or even later, just because of the development of Starship with uh, SpaceX. And um can no, you give I, a can I, you give I, a brief like can you can you give a brief what it is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and please feel free to ask anything you want. I'm uh, I'm here for you in that sense. And um, but yeah, so basically, uh, I'm a crew member of a mission called Dear Moon, um, and it's uh, kind of started by this entrepreneur and billionaire from Japan named Yusaku Maizawa. And around 2018, he bought the first eight seats aboard uh, SpaceX's Starship to do a civilian circumlunar flight. So he and eight other civilians, which now myself included, are going to be part of the first ever civilian kind of mission around the moon. It's a seven-day journey. It takes about three days each way. You orbit the moon and kind of see Earth rise come up over the other side. And it sounds almost too impossible to believe, but we're in this new era of spaceflight where SpaceX and other companies are making really rapid developments with, with cargo and tourism and bringing astronauts to the ISS and beyond. Um, and within a reasonable amount of time, Starship is going to be able to bring us around the moon as well as uh, be a part of NASA's Artemis III mission, which is the next moon landing. And so it's just this really amazing uh, time. And for me, I applied early 2021, just on a whim online. I saw an article saying that uh, MZ, they call him, was uh, looking for artists and creatives to bring with him. Because he's a notorious right. art collector, right? Like, he, I think he's opening yeah. a, his own museum near Tokyo. Exactly, yeah. And he, he's bought some really famous works at very high prices, like a Basquiat at one point for, I think, 70 or $80 million. Wow. 
Yeah, his whole vision was what if we brought artists and creatives along for this journey, you know, rather than traditional astronauts or scientists or pilots, um, what would a, what would these creative types have to say about this? And so, so are there conversations now, Brendan, about what sort of projects, like is he trying to encourage you to do projects? Is he, is he a part of some sort of creative process ahead of the mission? Um, is he is he trying to like patron works out of the people who are selected? Because there's other uh, photographers, uh, a snowboarder, a dancer. Like, I'm just wondering what the lead up is uh, with the creatives ahead of the the journey. Yeah, so that's something that we're still kind of working on with them. But each of us has been thinking really deeply and even started kind of our creative endeavors in terms of building out projects. I'm already kind of sh- shooting and developing at the same time a film project I want to work on. And so it's going to be this cool thing where each of us will create something um, very special to us in our, our medium or our lane. But we also want the whole to be greater than the sum of its parts. You know, we, we together want all of our projects to resonate in a way that's bigger than each of us could do individually. So. Is it overwhelming? Um, it's a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of thought. I have to like wear a lot of different hats, you know, uh, I have to, you know, the, my creative hat as a filmmaker, as an artist, kind of my business hat, figuring out the structure that this all takes. And then just a lot of like spiritual and existential stuff, you know, some really deep thoughts and decision-making went into deciding if I would do this, if I were selected. And so, yeah, you know, I, I, it's overwhelming, but in a really good way it's like i'm just so grateful to do this and uh every day is like a new set of challenges so i want to ask you what's next but it must be hard to plan beyond going around the moon right (laughs) (laughs) yeah well so this this space project is definitely going to start taking up a lot more of my time you know because i really want to capture the whole process and how it's transforming us and that starts kind of like now but um, I'm also working on other film projects. I just was a cinematographer, and I'm going to be the editor on this short documentary in Yellowstone about a group of Native American tribes that put up this really amazing kind of art installation in the park last summer. Um, and I'm making other short documentaries this year and commercial work. So um, there's a lot going on, and I often don't know what's next. You know, I think a lot of the way I try to live my life and do this work is just letting things come and taking opportunities and a bit of the serendipity of it all. But uh, I will say the space stuff is definitely occupying a lot of my time. So that's, I'd say that's what's next overall. Brandon, it's, it's been a real pleasure. I, I can't wait to see what you do. Uh, we'll be thinking of you when you eventually go up there. We'll, we'll be sure to burn some sweet grass or something and make sure you're okay. It's just some good vibes uh, out there. A national park story coming to Florida Film Festival uh, this month.